Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Matthew Gavidia, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. As COVID-19 poses significant health risks for vulnerable populations nationwide, increased preventive considerations are warranted to manage concerns from patients and ensure that delivery of healthcare is maintained. Specific to senior populations, efforts to curb fears of COVID-19 through telehealth may also pose significant barriers to care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Renee Buckingham, segment president of Humana's Care Delivery Organization, including Centerwell Senior Primary Care and Convivial Care Solutions, on how Centerwell not only maintained care utilization during the pandemic, but experienced upticks in senior patient visits. Buckingham further discussed the implications of adopting a holistic team-based approach for seniors and the benefits of value-based care delivery. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Renee. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? Thanks, Matthew. Great to be here. I'm the president of Humana's primary care organization. Uh, We operate two senior-focused primary care brands, uh, Conviva and Centerwell, representing almost 200 primary care locations um, across the country, serving over 250,000 Medicare Advantage senior patients. And delving further into that senior population focus, while most of the healthcare industry struggled mightily to manage the ramifications of the pandemic, such as significant declines in healthcare utilization, your organization center well, conversely opened 15 new centers in 2020 and even saw an increase in patient visits. Can you speak on what steps your organizations took in regards to safety and care delivery as COVID-19 related fears began to intensify? Sure. So, so you know, we we have been very fortunate um, to be able uh, to support our uh, clinicians and the rest of the care team um, in being able to create a safe environment to continue to see our patients. Um, I, I would say that at you know at the very uh, beginning when the pandemic was at its very worst, um, while we kept our centers open and uh, followed all of the CDC uh, recommendations and restrictions um, and only really saw those patients who absolutely needed to be seen in person, we were successfully able to convert um, almost all of our interactions with our patients to virtual interactions. And those interactions included not only visits with their their primary care physician, but other members of our care team um, as well, our social workers, our behavioral health specialists, our pharmacists, we're all interacting um, with our patients virtually. Uh, you know, in July of 2020, we, we saw um, most of our seniors uh, really have a desire to come back into our locations. Um, again, we, you know, we've created um, a set of standards that we follow, which are, which are based on the CDC guidelines. Um, and we've been able to, um, you know, bring most of the, the patients back um, and are, you know, back to, to seeing patients in, in the centers. Um, but, but we were able to do, you know, a number of creative things to keep people safe by, you know, separating, um, you know, sick patients from well patients, if you will, screening at the front door as, as many people have experienced, um, and even doing um, parking lot visits where we took an iPad out um, to, to a patient they stayed in their car, and then we facilitated the visit, you know, via an iPad um, uh, with with our 
with our practitioners and our care team. So lots of creative things to ensure that we maintained a safe environment, that we were adaptable and, and utilized other modes, uh, you know, multi-channel, if you will, to be able to care for our patients um, as we've navigated through this nearly two years of, of pandemic that we've all been living with. And to build on that, as seniors are at-risk populations for COVID-19, what care-related recommendations or accommodations have you provided to patients, depending on whether they reside in virus hotspots? Have you received any feedback from patients? Yeah, so, so um, you know, we did a lot of education with our patients very early on about, um, you know, obviously signs, signs and symptoms of COVID-19. And, and we also, you know, really reinforced with them the importance of social distancing and wearing masks you know, staying out of large public venues. Um, and, and again, really sticking to um, both the science and the recommendations of, of CDC. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that we did was we really recognized that by recommending to them that they stay home, that they practice social distancing, that they were more at risk for social isolation, loneliness, and, and other challenges um, you know that seniors can face as a result of being being unable to interact with their friends and loved ones you know we spend a lot of time trying to stay in contact with them so you know interacting with them by phone having call-ins and, and check-ins on them making sure that their their food needs and their housing needs and 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 dealing with issues of isolation were being addressed. Can you speak further on the differences in care needs for senior populations, particularly amid the pandemic? Seniors, uh, uh, obviously we know that this particular disease is, um, we find seniors more at risk uh, because of the, the, you know, they're often, you know, respiratory issues that they, that they have and they have other underlying conditions like diabetes and heart disease and other things that we know um, demonstrate a higher um, prevalence rate among among COVID patients, and so we we spent a lot of time making sure that we were um, supporting them in their ability to continue to control their chronic condition, such that you know they they put themselves in their best position um, to 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 fight to fight off the 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 virus. But we also really reinforced um, the importance of vaccination once the vaccine um, became available. Um, we, we coordinated with, you know, with our patients, helped to provide transportation and, and other um, ways to ensure that they were getting access to, to the vaccine at, at, you know, community and public and, um, you know, uh, vaccine sites before, even before we were at, uh, able to provide vaccination. Of course, now we, we are able to provide those vaccinations inside our, our clinical practice and um, continue to do so. And frankly, now we're working on making sure that you know, our most at-risk patients are, are getting their boosters as those um, you know, boosters are becoming available and, and approved. And in managing uh, care of these populations, can you address the growing shift from fee-for-service to value-based care? What quality and cost-effectiveness implications may be derived from this transition? Yeah, so so one of one of the advantages of, of value-based care is you know the continuous um, 
fixed fee amount that we receive um, from our health plan partners to ensure that we can provide um, continuous care. Uh, and, and it's not based on you know, transactional billing, if you will, but really more based on um, you know, a fee for that holistic approach of care. And so, uh, you know, we, we are really able to, and we're able to keep our doors open, keep all of our staff, keep, keep providing those kinds of services because we, re, we receive most of um, our payment for the care of those patients through, through a global capitation arrangement where we get that monthly payment um, and, and are able to do that. Uh, you know, we, we are also able to invest in capabilities and services to meet the needs, the unique needs of seniors that traditional fee-for-service um, practices aren't able to do. So we've invested in social workers, we have behavioral health specialists, uh, we have pharmacists who are interacting directly with our patients and consulting with our physicians. We're focused on uh, you know, social determinant uh, challenges that our patients have, which we know have a direct impact on their ability to address their own health needs. So we think of food, for example, as medicine, and we work very closely with our at-risk patients um, who, who have food insecurity, working um, you know, with community partners to make sure that they have access to healthy foods um, and affordable foods. We, we address things like housing needs and transportation needs, because if you aren't able to address your basic needs of living, it's very difficult for you to address you know, both your acute and chronic health needs. And so, you know, again, I think that's a, a really um, great advantage of the value-based payment methodology, which allows us um, to invest in, in those types of care services that have a really big impact on, on the whole care of a patient. And with uh, Center Well having expanded its value-based care offerings this past June, what goals for senior health management does your organization have in the near future, especially as the pandemic does begin to subside? Yeah, you know, we, we've been very fortunate that we were able to continue to bring this type of, of primary care that's focused around the unique needs of seniors um, to, to a number of communities during the pandemic and are, are, and are continuing in 2021 and have, um, you know, additional plans in 2022 we don't think there's enough of this type of primary care um, in communities. We're particularly focused on com communities that are that lack uh, access to good health care. They typically have a shortage of primary care physicians and 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 access to primary care physicians in their community and are oftentimes forced to use emergency rooms and other and other types of of care um, services as their primary care. You know, our objective is to, to continue to, to focus on um, expanding our geographic footprint to new geographies, as well as densifying in our existing and, and really focused on um, making sure that we can bring this kind of care. It's focused on the whole person. It's focused on, you know, driving better outcomes through uh, you know, making sure that the most appropriate level of care is being utilized at the right time. While not directly part of your expertise, senior living facilities have struggled in managing the health of residents amid the pandemic. 
What suggestions would you have for these facilities in better managing the mental and physical health care needs of seniors? You know, obviously we know that seniors, um, you know, live uh, in a myriad of, of places, including senior living facilities. I, you know, I really personally don't have any expertise specifically in senior living, um, but, but what I would say is, is that we know that a significant percentage of seniors have an underlying um, mental health uh, condition that often um, has a direct impact on, on, their, uh, on their medical conditions. And so, you know, making sure that their residents have access to, to mental health, I think is, is, is important, um, you know, and, and is an important part of the way in which we, we need to address the needs of seniors, um, both those seniors living in uh, living facilities, as well as those seniors living independently. What are some further strategies that should be considered by senior health providers? Well, I think, you know, I think seniors are really, um, you know, much more adaptable than, than many of us uh, thought. And I think the pandemic um, really, really demonstrated how adaptable they can be. I think that there, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in seniors to, you know, continue um, down this path of, um, using virtual services um, and and to be able to interact across the healthcare ecosystem um, using virtual as as an alternative to in person, but maybe also in addition to in person interaction. Um, you know, so many seniors have transportation issues; they have mobility issues, and so it's, you know, it is really an advantage to them to be able to use um, virtual uh, as an extension of, of the way in which they interact with the, with the healthcare ecosystem. And so I think we'll continue to see, you know, innovation in that area. I think we'll continue to see adoption in that area. And I think it can be, you know, an important way in which, um, in which healthcare can transform over time. And lastly, is there anything else you wanted to add that has not yet been addressed? Well, I just I just want to thank you for the opportunity, um, you know, to talk about Centerwell and Conviva, and specifically the focus and commitment that we have to seniors in our country to make sure that they have appropriate um, access to 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 care. Um, in, in the communities that we serve and, and certainly, um, you know, appreciate you highlighting the needs of, of seniors and, and, the, and their care. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.